is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellowship. My name is Kyle. We have a special guest with us today. It's been a while since we had Jesse on the show, uh, but today I think we're just going to be talking about some ADP uh, for your season-long redraft leagues, and then we'll take a peek at some fun DraftKings uh, season-long props that we uh, were digging at earlier. So, Jesse, what's going on, man? How are we doing? Good morning. Happy Saturday. 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 Happy Hopefully we'll get you on some more shows before uh, the Labor Day weekend. Uh, but for now, we're looking at drafters ADP. And the reason we chose drafters ADP to talk about is because they don't have a playoff style format with their best ball drafts. It's weeks one through 17 top score. So th- their ADP and it's full PPR too. That's why we like it. But their ADP is, is more of a correlation, I think, to our redraft leagues and how we're kind of thinking that way. And uh, basically, I just want to open it up and we'll take a peek and kind of just mosey on down the top 275 and we'll just sprinkle in thoughts throughout. Uh, but what what is your thoughts on drafters ADP so far? You've got a handful of, of drafts under your belt. And I guess how how much do you think it relates to like our redraft leagues uh, coming up? Yeah, I mean, I think for this season, particularly, we're seeing that that heavy shift of uh, running backs finally sliding on the board, receivers are going early. In a format like this, too, where you're, it's full PPR and you're starting three, three receivers, um, you kind of need to have those wide receivers. And it kind of forces you to because, you know, as you get to the second round, you see very quickly that, like, wide receiver two t- tier comes into play. And you're like, oh, crap, if I don't grab one. Um, but I mean, there's definitely, it brings in some interesting strategy because, you know, maybe you go two heavy running backs and then you just like stack receivers. So there's a lot of different options, but, um, I definitely don't feel comfortable if I'm walking away without a receiver or two in those first three rounds. So it definitely forces your hand a little bit in there. I mean, and most of the websites now have caught up to that drafters is there. I mean, underdog is even worse and they're half PPR, which is, which is kind of crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's one of the marquee takeaways for this season in particular. And so with best ball in the top 12 here, we have eight wide receivers. We have one tight end and only three running backs. If I were to toggle my screen and go to the ESPN redraft like projections, it's more, it's probably more like six or seven running backs in the first round. So they have CMC, they have Austin Eckler and Bijan Robinson in the first 12 picks. Do you think there's any other running backs that should be up in here? I guess, do you want to talk about I mean, what are, what are your thoughts here? When you see CMC at four, you see Eckler at seven and Bijan at 10, these all feel about right to me, but is there a case mm-hmm. for any other running backs to be in this top 12? Yeah, so I think the big, a lot of the question marks in that next tier running back we're looking at is, you know, you have Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, maybe Tony Pollard starts to get some love. Um, so I think with Chubb, Henry, and Taylor, I think the, really the issue with those guys, right, is I think they lack a little bit of that, PPR upside, right? So I think Bijan, I mean, I think we're expecting them to throw a lot. Uh, Desmond Ritter did check down to the running back at the end of last year. So we saw a little bit of that. I mean, Eckler is the PPR god and CMC is, you know, he's catching 70, 80 balls. Um, Saquon is maybe the one exception there, or maybe he will get some more passing work. And it's like, he's kind of the one that I think maybe does belong, maybe closer to where Bijan's going. Uh, I think Saquon does have that upside. Uh, But then, right, we have the contract situation. Is he really going to hold out? Probably not. He doesn't sound like he's going to. So I don't think it's as big of an issue as like Josh Jacobs, for example. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's just kind of where how many catch, how many balls are they catching is kind of this the big separator for them. I mean, Chubb, so safe, so secure. He's going to get a lot of carries. But the floor is just so much higher with these guys who are catching six, seven balls a game. 
Um, and I want to pull up because the, the Browns are going into the season with Jerome Ford as their running back too. Finally, no Kareem Hunt. Are we going to finally get Nick Chubb like unleashed and not even unleashed if he's, you know, so his 2019 season, he ran for almost 1500 yards. He caught 36 passes on 49 targets, 278 yards as a receiver. I feel like this is kind of where he's looking at for a floor this year as a receiver, you know, probably two, two and a half receptions per game. And that, that just hasn't been the case the last couple of years. So he's getting in, in a little bit of boost. And to me, I think we're probably going to see his greatest fantasy points per game. He's probably going to hit 17, 18. So he's, he's for sure one of my favorite running backs kind of going in the second round. But if we go back to um, the drafters ADP, just looking at all these receivers, I think, I mean, we, let's just Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Those two are, are both our top two guys. Correct. Yeah. And then the conversation to, to me, it begins at three with, do you want to take Cooper cup? Or are you comfortable taking Christian McCaffrey, you know, as the first running back off the board? I don't, I don't know if Tyreek Hill is in the conversation of cup and CMC, but I've seen Tyreek go as high as three. He's also mm-hmm. got weird tendencies to just get in into stupid situations. And that might, you know, lower his ADP in most people's eyes, but uh, that Cup, CMC, Tyreek, Kelsey, Eckler to me, that is like the second tier here. Are, are you taking CMC over all these guys or how are you navigating picks three through seven here? Yeah, ultimately, you know, you can't complain or be upset with, you know, if Eckler goes three there, if if Kelsey goes, if someone wants to just nab Kelsey as the dominant T in the game. Um, I, you know, I think when you see from the best ball perspective, you know, people try to strategize. So maybe they stack Kelsey Holmes. But when you look at it from a redraft point, it's like who here is the safest option on the board? Because in the first round, you just don't want it a bust, really. CMC presents probably the lowest and the most amount of risk just from the injury perspective, just from the 49ers, you know, rotating a healthy Elijah Mitchell is probably going to get some more work. I think Cooper Cup is just set up to dominate targets again if he just stays in the field. You know, I mean, last year he was projecting just to blow everyone away from a wide receiver perspective. It's probably set up to do that again. I mean, I don't see any real competition in St. Louis. Their defense got worse. If they want to be in games, they're going to be throwing a lot. He so, was the best, he was the best non-QB points per game yeah. last before injury too. So I think people right. forget about that. So he's been one of my I've been taking cup over CMC, um, but I, because I do so many best balls, I have to mix in CMC at three sometimes. So those two, to me, are the top like three and four. And then if I go to my projections tab real quick, uh, I just want to show you if I hit if I hit my flex tab. Um, let me just filter by PPR. I have I have more running. I got so Nick Chubb peeks into my top twelve. I got mm-hmm. Eckler at two, CMC at four. Bijan and Chubb are all in my top 12 when I just filter by flex. So I'm totally cool with Eckler and CMC being a top five pick. Bijan to me is the end of the first round. And then Nick, again, Nick Chubb, we can talk about him in a second. But uh, I I do think CMC, Eckler both belong in that conversation. Uh, And then that tier to me, it really ends after the seventh because you got Diggs, AJ Brown, Bijan, CD Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devontae Adams, Garrett. Well, like it just kind of keeps dragging here. I don't really see it. Like what's the difference between Diggs all the way down to Garrett Wilson. I'm not really so sure. So right. I'm struggling and I, it, it, it just keeps going down. I think Devonta Smith's a tear break from Wilson to him. Uh, and then you've got this jumble of running backs. I just, mm-hmm. this is a really murky tier and it just feels like all of these guys, you can make a case for being a late first round pick. 
uh, and just how were you now, like, especially if you get the eighth, ninth, 10th pick, how are you navigating your, your draft position that way? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, even a lot of it down there at 21 overall, you just have a huge grouping of guys that could be first rounders next year. Right. Um, I mean, Nick Chubb's probably never going to get into the first round just because he's catching the balls, but like all these guys, they were, they showed last year that they can be dominant and elite players. I mean, Jalen Waddle was absolutely smashing. Well, two was healthy last year. I mean, so that, I mean, it's not uncommon for two receivers on the same team to be top 12. It's happened before. It could, obviously could happen again. Uh, if two stays on the field, Waddle's going to pay off at wide receiver 11. Um, so it's like really defining like from this category, who do I like the most? Who's going to get the most? Who's getting the most, you know, chunk of the chunk of the action for their team? I think Garrett Wilson is a great play. Devontae, I mean, proved this all last year. That doesn't really matter. He's kind of QB proof. I mean, now we get to see with Jimmy G. Is he healthy? Is he not healthy? Um, he's an interesting option. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you're at the back end of the drafts here, like who, I really want to walk away with either two receivers or a receiver and a running back. Um, so I think grabbing like an A.J. Brown, maybe a C.D. Amon to start, and then coming back with Nick Chubb is kind of like a perfect start to your draft. You get an elite receiver, and then you get a very secure, stable running back, as long as he doesn't get hurt, is going to be uh, an RB1. Amon Ross St. Brown's really growing on me, man. In a, in a full PPR, I, I'm all in. Half PPR, he kind of slides to me a little bit. But if say you're picking at the 12 spot and you're up to pick and all the top 11 guys are gone, Amon Ross St. Brown is an easy click for me. And then I have a, I struggle because Devontae, we have Raiders questions. Garrett Wilson is a fine pick as well. Uh, but you also just have to wonder, you know, the Broncos have really screwed things up for us because we're just <laughs> – we have that in our brains now with Rodgers going to the Jets, so that there's some hesitation there. But I think everyone's pretty pretty high on Garrett Wilson, and, and to get him as to get Garrett Wilson as your wide receiver two feels a little bit like a cheat code. Uh, same with Devonte Adams. If you can put him in as your wide receiver two, both these guys are tremendous uh, at yeah. that spot. Uh, but then if if you don't take, say you do take Elman Ross St. Brown, and you and you and you don't get a receiver here, and you want to go with Nick Chubb that it's just a well-balanced start. You're getting a top five running back and, and maybe a top five wide receiver with St. Brown. Uh, because if, if you take the two wide receivers, you're going to get kind of locked out at getting a top 10 running back. And you're probably not going to love the options at the three, four turn. So it's, it's a tough build. I think I'm, I'm more so leaning. I don't know, man, it's tough. Cause like to get that Devonte or Garrett Wilson at your wide receiver two spot sounds yeah. really freaking good. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you're one of those people that can, can, you know, predict running backs with with good ease and make sure you have enough guys to to fill in the gap there by all means go for the two wide receiver start because it's it's such a sexy look to get Devontae or Garrett Wilson at the two spot but Nick Chubb like in a full PPR it's surprising to see him here at 15 this is probably the highest we've ever seen Nick Chubb in terms of ADP um was he a third rounder last year like beginning of the third round, I believe. A fringe, yeah, late second, early third round pick last year. Um, and as long as they don't sign another running back, he's going to remain in this top five running back group for me. Um, and then like, you're not clicking Jalen Waddle over Devontae and Garrett Wilson, are you? Just because he's the number two on, on a good team? Yeah, I think it's just, it's, yeah, there's just so much more work <clears throat> for Adams and Wilson there. Um, I mean, I do like Waddle. I mean, Waddle's probably your mid-second guy where once those guys go you're like all right you have waddle smith and Olave in the next tier um maybe i'll just grab one of those guys and go maybe if you started with Bijan, you come back with yeah 
Jalen or Eckler, Waddle, not a bad combo. But um, yeah, to your point about like the if you don't take a running back, um, the nice thing about redraft is like you get to play the waiver wire, and yeah. there's going to be running backs that are going to crop up. There's always a couple. I mean, there's always injuries, and then like Gus Edwards is out there. All of a sudden, he's a RB two for a few weeks. So you can kind of mix and match. You just have to be confident that you can find those guys, get ahead of the the right guys to hold on your bench for for when you're uh, running that court inevitably needs help. So I'm looking at Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor. Barkley's ADP is dipping a little bit because of his contract concerns, but I, I watched that full hour podcast with him talking on that money podcast. Um, and one, he's an amazing dude. Like he's just, he just seems like one of like a, like he just seems normal. Like you could talk to him and, and he's really intelligent with the financial stuff too. And he, it sounds like he has weighed out his options. He does not seem like a guy that is going to miss week one. Uh, Jacobs on the other hand, he feels murkier, but I think Saquon Barkley, with all the things the Giants have done in the draft and the free agency, they're a team that is ascending. Year two of that offensive system with Brian Dable, Barkley at at seventeen, man, like he's a top five running. Like he's he's kind of a safe click right now, and the fact that he's falling into the twenties in some drafts feels kind of silly to me. Uh, but tell me, tell me why Jonathan Taylor should be your selection in round two if you have a mid round two pick. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, what happened last year, the ankle injury, so now everyone's kind of just, oh, man, we took him first overall, second overall last year, and uh, it just it didn't it didn't hit, and now I think people are a little sour on him. So he's RB6, and, I mean, if he plays a full season, I think RB6 is probably the low point for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, look at the way the offense is going to operate. Um, you know, got Eagles philosophy just getting ingrained even further. You they go from Frank to Shane, and so I think – it's, it's one of those situations where JT setups just get a huge workload. Um, and I guess the, one of the question marks that you can kind of think about is, is Anthony Richardson going to steal touchdowns in, in the in the goal line? So is that an issue? Um, if he doesn't hit the touchdown numbers, then maybe he falters a little bit. So I was waiting for you to say that because that is the number one concern with, with Jonathan Taylor. But like you said, last year, Jalen Hurts, that offense is coming to Indianapolis. Last year, Miles Sanders was seventh in touchdowns with 11. I don't care about Anthony Richardson stealing touchdowns. If Jonathan Ta- Jonathan Taylor is – he's much better than Miles Sanders. Jonathan Taylor, probably double-digit touchdowns. And whatever you feel about Miles Sanders, this offensive system gave him 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, like this is his floor. If As long as he plays 17 games, Jonathan Taylor – has so many things that he could do uh, and he could be the RB one at the end of the year. Like we just don't know you all, it, it's, it's also a rookie quarterback too. So I think his tendency to just hand the ball off and do the play that's called is probably mm-hmm. more likely than what you would see with Jalen hurts. Who's kind of freestyling now in his third or fourth year. So I'm, I want to debunk the Anthony Richardson stealing touchdowns thing, because I, I don't see it here. Jonathan Taylor's a much better back than Sanders. So I'm Jonathan Taylor. I have not been clicking him a lot in best ball drafts, but now I'm starting to accumulate shares. It just seems the Colts are going to run the ball, man. <laughs> yeah. and, oh, I mean, they're going to run the ball. And who's their backup? You know, they got uh, Zach Moss. Moss, rookie Eric Gray. I don't know. Eric Hall or Evan Hall, I think his name is. Hall, Deion Jackson's there. Just I think, I think the biggest, like... I, I'm not, so we debunk the touchdown thing. The only negative I can put on Jonathan Taylor is the receiving volume. They're not going to throw the ball to the running backs. Matt Ryan was a blessing 
Philip Rivers was a godsend <laughs> that one year. Oh man, that's, that's the area. If if you're concerned about Jonathan Taylor, it should be for his receiving volume. And if anything, Jonathan Taylor is this year's Nick Chubb from the past three, four, five years. So that's kind of how I'm playing it. So Jonathan Taylor, maybe he doesn't have that number one upside. He'd have to rush for 17 touchdowns to do so. PPR is going to get dinged a little bit. Half PPR, he should be ranked a little bit higher. So that's just kind of how I'm viewing it. Uh, but he's still he's still talented, man. He's in a contract year. It's a, it's a Jonathan Taylor season. Uh, but if you wanted to take Tony Pollard ahead of Jonathan Taylor, is that something that makes sense to you? Yeah, I mean, I think you want to talk about a number one upside. I think Tony Pollard does have number one upside. Um, I, mean, I think Dallas has already shown that, you know, they're willing to use Tony Pollard in all facets of the game. And I mean, you know, splitting carries with Zeke, he was, he was just in a secondary role. He was yeah, up I mean, last year. Um, and super talented. Zeke leaves behind 231 touches as a running back and 23 targets. Tony Pollard can't handle probably 300 carries, but he's, if you, if you give Tony Pollard the 231, so right. that's 40 more carries from last year. And you give him even a little bit more target potential. Like Tony Pollard's a top 10 running back lock if he plays all the season and top five running back is probably very, very likely for him. So he, he might be more clickable than Jonathan Taylor for being honest, just because of that PPR upside. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, they're, these running backs in the second round, Barkley, JT and Tony Pollard, these are traditionally first round running backs. And now, now you can grab your AJ Brown or Stefan Diggs in you know the middle of the first, and then just come back and collect one of these stud running backs and come away feeling pretty good about it. So I like the ADP where it's at. Uh, I think if you're looking at CBS or ESPN or Yahoo, these guys are all pushed a little bit higher. So we might not be talking to the right crowd, but either way, they're great picks. Um, what's your stance on Devonta Smith this year being wide receiver 19? He's ahead of Chris Olave. He's ahead of T. Higgins. Um, are, are you in on Devonta Smith at these prices? Yeah, I feel so. Like the thing about Devonta and T is, I think we're getting the uh, the stacking bump here, and you know, from a best ball perspective, because I mean, Chris Olave, DK. I mean, some of these other receivers that are going below them are, are true receiver ones on their team. And uh, I mean, I think it's just Devonta. Yeah, when you have Hurts and and Devonta, you're gonna have some big boom weeks. But I. I think with Devonta, there, I mean, there are some floors. There's some floor games in there, and the floor can be kind of low, you know, especially in a, in a week where the Eagles are just, man, they're just they're up by so much they're just running the ball, and like Devonta gets left behind. Uh, but I mean, yeah, those big spike weeks are gonna do very well for you in a best ball format. I mean, in a redraft, you're you're, you're plugging and playing every week, so like you're gonna take the highs with the lows. Um, I personally, I think I'd rather take Chris Olave. I mean, I know he's got some cues, like some question marks on injuries, but it sounds like. The beat writers think he's going to be okay. It's not it's just maintenance of anything. Uh, T. Higgins is interesting to me because, I mean, that's a contract year receiver right there. And, uh, I mean, Joe Burrows, they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. So, um, and the primary reason for T's ADP right there is because he stacks. Like, he's picked 23. Right. Jamar Chase is picked two. Those yeah. two picks correlate. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if he's worth a late second-round pick like he is. I, I'm – I don't know if there's a difference between DK Metcalf and T Higgins statistically at the end of the season, they're going to be pretty close. They're both mm-hmm. going to be 70 to 80 catches. They're both going to be 1100 yards and maybe double digit touchdowns. Um, but uh, I completely agree. Olave over Devonta Smith at ADP for me. Uh, and then uh, the quarterbacks, man, when do you take, when do you take Mahomes? You got hurts here and Josh Allen is actually starting to further. Yeah. Let me get yeah. him on the screen here. 
Uh, how are we navigating the quarterback waters here? Do you want one of these top three QBs this year? So, I mean, in a one quarterback league, um, I, I think ideally for me in a one quarterback league, I'm, I'm waiting on a quarterback. I just, I think that you can really build your team up with skill players and then you can, you can find the quarterbacks, especially in the one QB league that are going to hit, they're going to be QB ones for you a few weeks of the year. Maybe you take two, um, you have kind of one back end they can play the matchups with, or you can even, you know, look to the waiver wire for in a one QB in a two QB a little bit different just because, you know, you're essentially you have to start two. And if you had an elite one, there's an advantage, much more of an advantage to a team that's walking away with say Kirk cousins and uh, Daniel Jones versus you having like a Hertz and then waiting and maybe scooping up, you know, a Jordan love later. I mean, I think the, positional value is so much higher in a two QB league. Whereas in a one, there's just so many, there's options on the waiver wire. I mean, it's easier to trade for a quarterback in the two QB league. If you don't have two good quarterbacks, you really got to hit, you got to hit on all your skill players. Otherwise you're, you're in a tough situation. So for me, I think I'd rather click a DK Metcalf at Josh Jacobs at this point in the draft. If it's a one QB. And we'll talk about Jacobs in a second, but my stance on QB, <clears throat> um, and this has been a philosophy I've used the last few years. I don't like taking a top five QB. I, my, my best thought on QB is, can I draft a QB being drafted outside the top five QBs that has potential to finish in the top five? So I, I believe Lamar Jackson's the QB four on this list. I'm okay with him. Uh, but then QB five is Joe Burrow. QB six is Justin Fields. QB seven is Justin Herbert. QB eight is Trevor Lawrence. I think that tier from Burrow to Lawrence that is the sweet spot for me because Burrow's a late fourth on drafters. Fields, Herbert, a fifth. Trevor Lawrence in the sixth. That To get one of these stud, and granted, like Metcalf, Higgins, these guys, those guys are both profiled as wide receiver twos. You can get Derrick Henry, who's a potential top five running back. You could get Josh Jacobs, who's, again, he was the RB1 last year. I think those positional values make more sense. Uh, the only way you should be taking a QB here is more for best ball stacking. Um, or if you if you just wanted to get that Mahomes-Kelsey stack in your redraft league, go ahead and do it. But to me, we're waiting on QBs. What are we doing with Josh Jacobs and Ramondre Stevenson here in the middle of the list? Yeah, I mean, those are, those are guys that we like clicking a lot. Um, obviously, with the Lenny Fournette situation, Ramondre is – that's not official, right? Or is that official now? It's not official, but I think it's official that the Patriots are going to sign a running back. <laughs> like right, yeah. And Fournette and... Is and Cook, is it Fournette? Is it, yeah. The ghost of Daryl Henderson. And by the way, like Melvin Gordon signing was like one of those... Do you, you know the meme where those three people are in the church with the guns? <laughs> and then Melvin Gordon's the sniper on the list, or on the top on the top there. And nice. And out of nowhere and signs for... We don't know what the contract is, but... Right. Um, It'll be three mil. Three million, but it's got to be heavily... Yeah, reduced and incentive. there's some incentives there um but so Ramondre, i brought fournette into my projections and just kind of had him eat in some of the work i had him for about maybe 90 carries i had him in there for maybe 40 targets and that nibbled from Ramondre. i think Ramondre's is unclickable here right now just because we're predicting in the future patriots sign a running back Ramondre mm -hmm. dropped down to my about my wide or my running back 18. so if you're drafting today Please don't click on Ramondre Stevenson in the third round. He's going to be a late fourth, fifth round pick soon. 
Um, give me Aaron Jones over Ramondre at this point. Dude, give me David Montgomery over Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. We, we can go that low if we want. Uh, but Josh Jacobs, man, we mentioned before that Saquon, not so likely to hold out. Mm-hmm. Jacobs seems like he could hold out. And then the elephant in the room that no one's talking about is J.K. Dobbins. We'll get to him when we get to him. Um, <clears throat> but Jacobs, I mean, if you're drafting tomorrow, Jesse, are you still taking Jacobs here at 27th overall? Yeah, I'm just not clicking those two guys right now. I mean, it, it just it what sucks is it kind of diminishes the value of like the, the turn, the two three turn here when you lose these two running backs. You like I, they were, I mean, they were good spots there. I think initially, and you know, I mean, Jacobs, the contract situation is tough, and you hope he figures it out. Just pay the man. You know, big NFL team, just pay the man. Um, it makes Derrick Henry look. Tough. It makes Derrick Henry look a lot better. Yeah, than Jacobs and Stevenson. So I, I, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, Titans have shown, like, <clears throat> kind of hell's our guy. We got Hopkins. We want to win. And if they're going to win, Derrick Henry's going to be a big part of that. So, I mean, yeah, I just, you know, give me that next tier running back if I really want to reach for a running back in that early, in that early third. <clears throat> your Brees Hall. So, your, uh, your Gibbs. We can talk about that next tier. So, I have on the screen picks 25 through about 38. So the third round, <clears throat> through the end of the third round, you have four QBs being off the board, 19 receivers, uh, 11 running backs, and two tight ends. We've talked about the QBs. We've talked about some of the running backs here. Uh, but let's talk about the third round wide receivers. You can talk about Metcalf if you want, but Metcalf's one of those guys at the 2-3 turn that you don't really have a chance to fall in the third. Um, mm-hmm. So Ian Allen, Calvin Ridley, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, those are the the true third round receivers, which ones of those have you been clicking most? Yeah. I mean, this is that next crop of wide receiver ones who are just probably lacking top five upside. Um, I think Keenan's the one that if he has enough juice in the tank for one more year of like elite, elite play, I think he's, you know, I think the targets are going to be there for him. Um, I think Herbert could just have a nice bounce back year and Keenan's kind of the chain mover there in that system. So if he just racks up enough, and scoop up, you know, a few touchdowns. He's in a really good spot because he upside. dominated last year. Yeah, I mean, those are some nice numbers, dominated. man. Um, and then uh, the number one complaint I see with Keenan Allen is he's injury prone. Yeah. Uh, the dude has missed three games in the last since 2017. So, well, not counting last. I guess last year he did get hurt. Yeah. But last year that, he missed three games. In five seasons, of course, everyone's thinking about 2015 and 2016. So, I just want to debunk the the injury prone feel. Uh, I mean, his his points per game numbers are up there. I mean, that's that's a wide receiver one number. You know, 16, 17 points a game. You know, that's that's gonna make you a top 12 guy. Yeah, he was 12th in PPG last year, and I think he got hurt in one of those games. So that number might be skewed a little bit. He might be in the 17s. I mean, like Keenan is like a a more matured fine version of a Monroe St. Brown is kind of mm-hmm. high. I, I see it. And, uh, you know, if he's got, like I said, he's got to stay on the field and he's going to do it. So he's not a guy I'm afraid to click in the third, especially as my wide receiver too. Could look really nice. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Um, I mean, a little bit of questions on how that's going to look, you know, is Trevor going to, is that going to be his man? I mean, Calvin Ridley hasn't played football in a while. Like what's he going to look like? Um, but I think it fits a nice fit. I mean, that's the Jags needed what they need last year. They needed a guy who could just move the chains. You know, Christian Kirk, your deep guy, Zay Jones kind of tried to fill that role. I feel it admirably, but Ridley is just kind of a step up there for me. Uh, Ridley is upgrading Marvin Jones significantly. Yeah. 
Like Zay Jones is good. He's fine as a number three receiver. Mm-hmm. Kirk is going to be the slot, but Calvin Ridley is a significant upgrade to Marvin Jones. It's just uh, with the Ridley in the Jag situation, I'm like, do I want to pay 33 price for Ridley or do I want to get Christian Kirk in the next round? So that's kind of how I navigate it. But one more point on the Chargers and Keenan Allen. Their window is like now. Keenan Allen's over 30. Mike Williams getting up there too. Eckler up there too. The core mm-hmm. of Eckler, Allen, and Mike Williams. This might be the last year we see them all play together healthy. So I kind of want to lean into that because it feels like this could be lightning in a bottle for the Chargers. This It's got to be this season. So uh, that's one way I'm thinking about the Chargers. Um, uh, talk to me about Debo and Amari Cooper here. Debo, I mean, I just... I, you just don't know. You just don't know because, like, now that CMC's there and healthy, now that Elijah's there and healthy, are they going to stay healthy? Very unlikely. So is Debo going to maybe end up getting some of those RB touches and touchdowns that helped propel him the year before? Perhaps. But the way that they use him, like, he's not... He's. I mean, he's not a true wide receiver he's taking running back carries and he's getting banged up doing that like he's he's just you know he's manufacturing these like yards after catch and yards after like carry like yards and he's getting smoked but like yeah i mean that 2021 season was was, was fun Eight touchdowns dude i mean yeah like he's not getting that i mean cmc is that guy now like he took over that role and you're gonna give those to cmc you're not gonna give those to a aging yeah. wide receiver you're going to give those to the superstar CMC. So now he has to try and find his way as purely a wide receiver. And I personally think Ayuk is just a better wide receiver at this point. Ayuk is the better technician. He's like a Debo, gadget guy. You know? Debo is more of a uh, – Debo is what we wanted, like, LaVisca Chenault to be. Um, He's Cordero Patterson, but, yeah. like, more – better, better Cordero Patterson. Um, so so – I need to adjust my numbers, man, because I, I think I have Debo too high. Um, one, he doesn't stay healthy, and and two, they just have so many mouths to feed now, and he's not going to get that rushing upside. So to me, Debo's a tough click here. A lot of the best ball dudes that I follow, though, they like Debo, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, th- I think I'm clicking. Right. To be honest, like, it's tough because – makes you think, too. Like, you know, these are guys that are, like, they're good industry guys, like guys that, like, have won tournaments before, so it's like – it makes you look into it, and uh, when I look, I just don't, I don't find it. This is a tough. This might be the the area to swerve on wide receiver. I can make a case for Amari Cooper because I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a nice bounce back season. Mm-hmm. Um, Lamar Jackson kind of sticks out as the unicorn here with the quarterback. There's no other quarterback in his range right now. Uh, otherwise, uh, so we've kind of covered. Did you want to say anything on Mark Andrews? I don't have any issues if you want to click Mark Andrews in the third. Uh, you know, I mean. It's it's that you go from Mark Andrews down to TJ Hawkinson. So I don't think there's that much difference between the two. I just yeah. want to look at my numbers. Um, so I, I, whenever I'm drafting, I'm, I'm pulling up my projections by flex. And you can see, like, I have Kelsey as my 13th best player. I scroll down here and the gap between. So Hawkinson's at 61 and I guess Mark Andrews is at 40. So it's still a decent gap, I guess. Um, but it just I don't know. Tight end such a, a crap hole where I feel like paying a third round price, but then you're comparing him to these guys in the third round, which we just don't feel great about. Right. And that's what I'm meaning. Like, and if you look at this list, like guys who are going to catch ton, 10 touchdowns, Mark Andrews might be, you know, like yeah, top of that list. I mean, 
if they're going to throw more, if we like the new offensive coordinator in town and we think like, you know, they're going to try and sling it. I, I feel like Andrew's in the red zone. Like he's who else do they have that's thrown to in the red zone? Odell. He'll make the, way I, the way I've been taking Mark Andrews is I don't take him at ADP. I take him a few picks after. So if I'm in that 10, 11, 12 hole and he's available at pick 34, 35, 36, then I will click. Um, but I'm not aggressively targeting him, I guess, in any way. And then uh, before we get into the fourth round, guys, Brees Hall coming off the ACL tear on the PUP list to start training camp. He's a guy I've clicked a, a decent amount here, but now we're going to hesitate on this, right? What are you doing with Brees Hall? Yeah, Brees Hall, he's a guy that, I mean, you get him an RB11, RB12. I mean, last year he was probably set up to be a top five guy in that first season before he went down. Um, just looking like an absolute smash at ADP and then he gets the ACL and obviously we know like ACLs and running backs. Like it doesn't always, doesn't always happen in the first year back. However, with Brees Hall, I mean, there is, you know, if you go to the Twitter, look at the Twitter docs and the fantasy docs, what they'll say is that it's not as serious. It's not, it wasn't just an ACL. It was a clean ACL. It was an ACL plus PCL, which like Javante dealt with, Jackie Dobbins dealt with, Cam Akers dealt with. So like, it took them a full season coming back and maybe Brees Hall has a little bit quicker of a trajectory just because it was just the ACL. However, it's the third round. Like it's, there's question marks, right? There's, we want him to fall into the fourth round because then it gets right. a little bit more palatable. Uh, but the dude was RB seven on a points per game last bait last year. And he was in a committee mm-hmm. at that time. So, uh, and even if so, I don't know what the numbers are on running backs coming back from their ACL tear the first year. But if we project him at maybe 80 percent of his, you know, his ceiling, um, that would still put him in maybe the 14, 15 points per game range, which at RB11 prices, I think it checks out. And as long as you as long as you plan, you need to have a plan for Brees Hall. When you take Brees Hall. Take Samaj P. Ryan, take Jamal Williams, take a guy that you're going to depend on in September and give Brees the opportunity to ramp up slowly. You can't plug him in there week one and expect him to, to pay off RB11 prices. That's just not happening. Mm-hmm. But there's a plan for it. So if you're if you're savvy enough to handle it, yeah. he's a good click. But we want him, we want him to t- come closer to 40. Yeah, I think I agree. Point. Um, second half guy, which is yeah. like in the third round, you're taking a second half guy when you can maybe take uh Zach Charbonnet or a, you know, Tank Bigsby or something like that. All right. Hot, hot question. True or false? Brees Hall will be on the winning BBM4 team this year. Oof. I mean, that's – who's their Week 17 opponent? The Jets. The Cleveland Browns. Likelihood is, is possible, yes. If it So I think just because we've – Everyone's been drafting May, June, July. The winning BBM team might come a little bit later this year because there's so much uncertainty at the running back position. You have those free agents. You got Dalvin Cook. You got a little bit of question marks there, especially with Brees, JK, a couple of the other injury guys. If Brees falls a little bit, he might be on the winning BBM team as a fourth-round pick. Uh, But let's move into the fourth round here, starting with Jameer Gibbs. That goes down all the way to Joe Mixon through 48 picks. You have 15 running backs off the board, 26 wide receivers, five QBs, and still only two tight ends. Uh, Tell me sweet things about Jameer Gibbs. Sweet, sweet things. Yeah, I mean, Lions 
obviously had a plan. If you see any draft videos of the room when they took Jameer Gibbs, they were just, I mean, they were, they were lit up. They were lit up for this guy. They traded up for this guy. Nobody saw that one coming uh, except for the Lions, and they obviously have a game plan for him. Um, there's the big stigma of Detroit running backs, uh, but obviously this is, you know, a newer regime. They clearly did not like DeAndre Swift. They had some sort of riff, and so this is their guy. I mean, this is the, this is the Detroit Lions guy. This is the Dan Campbell guy. Um, and so I, I mean, I, there's, there's, it's just a lot to like there. There really is. This, DeAndre Swift, RB17 and PPG last year for PPR points. Yeah. Even look at it, he's 70 targets. Jameer Gibbs is going over 99 carries. He's probably going over 70 targets. RB17 is his floor in a full PPR league to me. Um, so, oh man. And um, after Amon Ross St. Brown, Jesse, who is their second best receiver? Can I sell you on Denzel Mims? <laughs> I'm rooting for Mims, but honestly, I think yeah. I think the fact that the Lions were willing to they wanted to take him with their their seventh overall pick, like that's yeah. how, like they were ready. They they struck one that shouldn't have happened, and then you also have and we should do I should do a deep dive on first round running backs, especially running backs taken in the first half of the first round. Yeah, you want the, you want Bijan and want them. team this year. Please take them. Um, they have they have a plan for Gibbs, man, and. Uh, I listened to one of their uh, beat reporters uh, yesterday. He was on a show with um, the NBC dudes, uh, Patrick Patrick Doherty, and um, uh, is it Denny Carter? They they're they're going to use Swift or they're going to use Gibbs and Montgomery on the field together because I think they do recognize that Gibbs is their second best yeah. playmaker after Amon Ross St. Brown. They're going to move them all around the field. They're going to stay on the field together. So I'm pretty bullish on both Lions players and absolutely he sticks out. I mean, Najee Harris is kind of a tough click. And then you have a drop down to ETN down here. He's to me, he's the ideal fourth round running back if you can get him there. And to be honest, I'm willing to take Gibbs over the question marks that we have here at the back end of the third round. So I'm I want to stamp Jameer Gibbs as one of my players to draft this season in PPR leagues. I can't argue it. I think that's a good take. And uh, I mean, Gibbs, is, he's a rookie, but he's a rookie that's on the field day one and getting used a lot. And he's also like, he's kind of pro ready coming from Alabama. Um, he had the one full season there. He played at Georgia Tech. Uh, and I, I watched him at Georgia Tech and I'm like, I can't wait for him to get to the NFL. And then he gets, he gets the NFL tryout with Alabama and he still showed up. So he dominated SEC last year as a receiving back. I'm all in on him. Uh, what about these other running backs here? Najee Harris at RB13, and then ETN. Weird. There's only 14 running backs through 48 picks, man. But what is, what is your thing Harris and ETN? Yeah, I think uh, this fourth, fifth round for me is where I really like to get my running backs. I think there's not a huge difference between, you know, well now especially like Jacobs, Ramondre, Reese, and these guys. I mean, you have Najee, uh, probably not my favorite of the options just because the – he's just his per touch numbers he's just they're not good it's like he really is relying on volume and now you have jalen warren coming to the picture who the steelers like a lot i mean the beat and the drum is steady for jalen warren so if he's taking away the receiving work you're not going to get a Le'Veon bell where like efficient he's not efficient but the volume is so high and the ben's dumping off to him eight nine times a game you're not getting that with Najee. Um, you're only getting a workload 
of carries and you're getting like 3.5 yards maybe per carry. Um, so if he's not getting that PPR work, is he going to fall into the end zone enough times to be useful? Maybe, but he's got to pay off basically a running back one number for their fee to get there. And I'd rather just click Travis Etienne. I mean, I think his, his upside's way more and he's a way more efficient runner in an offense that's like the next breakout offense potentially. So I, I do see the touchdown upside there with Travis Etienne. You know, I think, like you said, he's an ideal click in the fourth round. Joe Mixon, we were nervous about Joe Mixon even being on the team, and now he just got a contract. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. I mean, he's probably going to rise a little bit, I would expect. Maybe he kind of jumps into where Najee is. I could see Najee and Joe Mixon swapping spots ADP-wise. Um, but maybe talk. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Joe? I'm curious what you think, because I know you were not high on him going into the – I'm going to sprinkle some doubt on Joe Mixon because the dude might get suspended. Some of the sharp heads that I've been following think that he's going to get slapped with a two to six game suspension because he is a repeat offender of harming women, <laughs> um, which is don't like that. Ask yourself, why did they make Joe Mixon take a pay cut? Yeah. Because he's probably not going to play the full season. So when you, it, it was a significant pick. We're talking four something million for this year and next year. So eight million dollars off of his plate. I, I want to root for him on the field, but something's fishy here. And mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure what to do with Mixon. Again, if he's suspended even for two or four games, you know, what do we do with that? So I have, I have questions there uh, with Najee Harris on the Steelers, Najee. So the Steelers after the bye, they were like, they were really freaking good. Um, where's my number here. Let's see. Before the bye, they were two and six. They averaged 15 points per game. After the bye, they were seven and two, 20.8 points per game. So if we get the if we get the Steelers after the bye all season long, Najee Harris was up here at 15.33 points per game, RB 11 in points per game, RB seven in total points, uh, 2.77 targets per game. Um, but he did lose work to Jalen Warren. So like you said, he had 3.5 targets during that losing streak at the first half of the year. That came down almost a full target per game. So. There is some doubts on his his total receiving volume, but the Steelers played better, and so did Najee Harris down the stretch. And their offensive line got improved. They 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 drafted a, a good tackle. They also signed a guard, I believe, that looks pretty good. And the last four or five seasons, the Steelers have had like the worst offensive line. PFF ranks them twelfth. So I'm actually. I clicked on Najee Harris the last couple of days because uh, he's starting, like you said, like when you, you mentioned him maybe slipping to Joe Mixon, when I get mid fourth Najee, and especially like if you load up and you go three wide receivers, Najee starts to look a little bit better in the fourth yeah. round. So I would say Najee feels like hitting a single. He's not going to be a home run. He's not a top five running back. He might not even be a top 10 running back, but is he a top 15 running back? Maybe. You know, um, and I feel as, as long as he's healthy for a full season, you're getting a decent pick. He might not be a home run hit. But again, I, I think there's there's room for him this season. And we're, we're kind of like, are we both kind of like in on the Steelers this year? Yeah, I mean, I think they're, you know, like year two Jags. I think like maybe year two Steelers yep. with Kenny Pickett kind of makes a lot of sense. I don't, maybe Kenny Pickett's not quite Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You know, but. And then yeah. uh, we didn't. I didn't talk about ETN. Where was ETN last year in points per game? You also made a good point about if you go through receiver at running back, you just need bodies, yeah. and Najee's a body that's you know if he gets you 13, 14 a game, you're really happy with that. 
So I don't think he's a good best ball pick, but redraft, like, yeah. I want 13 points. I want my Damian yeah. Pierce points, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah. And then ETN last year, RB24 in points per game. He impressed as a rusher. I think everyone kind of labeled him as a receiving back. He's not a receiving back. He is a good running back. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you, I just have to wonder what Tank Bigsby is going to do in this role uh, behind him. But um, so I'm slightly concerned about that points per game. But I mean, at the end of the season, ETN still finished, where was he? RB17. So can he improve in his second full season? I think so. Uh, but again, I, th I think all of these running backs that we just looked at and talked about after Gibbs, Najee, ETN, and Mixon, they all kind of feel like singles to me where it's like if I started the three receivers or two receivers in a tight end, mm -hmm. they look better. So I, I think there's there's a way to draft these guys. But then uh, what do you think about the – like this is a receiving whack-a-mole game here with, yeah. with this cluster. Here. Line them up. Which one are you clicking the most? I guess Mike Williams is in this tier for me too, so we can include him. Uh, but if you had to click one of these receivers, which one are you clicking first? Yeah, this is one where I think I click Drake London the most. Um, year two receiver with a theoretically upgrade at quarterback from Mariota. And a position where their number two receiver is a tight end. And I think I think this is a funnel offense. It's going to be kind of like Minnesota. You're funneling targets at Drake London, Kyle Pitts. And Bijan, and that's really going to be the offense. Dude, look at what he did at the end of last year. In one, so week 15, 16, 17, 18, with Desmond Ritter, he did not score a touchdown in these four games, but he put up 14 points, 16.6, 9.7, and 18 points with no touchdowns. That's that's that what you want to see. And no Kyle Pitts as well. That's that's another thing to keep in mind here. But yeah. if he's he's improving this year, he's probably going to be in that 12 to 14 points per game. Which if I look I look here in the points per game department. That's going to put him as a top 20 wide receiver. I, I like Drake London uh, quite a bit. Uh, I also, I like Christian Kirk too. I like Kirk. Yes. Hopkins. Watson's a best baller. Um, and then go, go on Hopkins. Yeah. I think Hopkins is, uh, I mean, it's kind of like we've seen it before, you know, with the Titans, we've seen Julio, you know, we've seen these guys come. The difference with Hopkins is I think he's not quite like, He's not relying solely on like he's not a speed guy. He's not a, like a bully you guy. He's a an acrobatic finesse guy. He can still run his routes. I I'm certain of that. His feet are still going to be quick. Um, Tannehill's probably going to feed him the ball a little bit, especially he's going to be that chain mover. So not a guy I hate, just a guy that in a Titans offense I don't love the upside. Whereas Kirk's with the Jags, great upside. I mean Drake London and Atlanta, they're going to be, you know, I, I mean I think. It's an interesting team. I mean, Atlanta's really like could be a playoff team this year for sure. Um, and I think they're going to throw to him a lot. Terry is kind of the forgotten guy where like he's just been a steady chugger. I think last year was kind of a little bit of a disappointment. Plus, we saw, uh, saw, saw Jahan Dotson come in there, and I think people are excited about Jahan. And Terry's, you know, maybe just the old guy, but like old guys, old guys pay the bills, man. Terry's old? No, I mean, these, yeah, old, old in the sense of like he's twenty seven, dude. So it's getting there. Older, I mean, I think just people see Dotson, they get excited about like, oh, the year two wide receiver. Whereas, like, I think Terry's still there, and you get the question marks with Sam Howell, like, what's he gonna bring to the plate? And the then other Christian Watson, two. yeah, the yeah. other two, um, yeah. And this guy, this is he was electric. If his route tree develops this year, look out. Like, yeah, he was electric. They, I mean, they let him do what? What's it like? 
painting by numbers last year. I think they're removing the numbers this year and they're going to let him do a little bit more, more work. Um, so these are, these are interesting picks here. Um, Joe Burrow, we didn't talk about him. He is such an easy click for me uh, in redraft. I don't care if I have Jamar Chase or T Higgins. I don't need to stack. Jam- I don't need to stack Joe Burrow in my redraft league. So he is the first real quarterback that I'm considering drafting in my redraft leagues in a one QB league. Mm-hmm. So I love him there. Uh, Mike Williams, we kind of talked about the Chargers just in their, they're in a window right now where I want to believe. And Mike Williams last year, his points per game, where was he? He was wide receiver 23. Um, so he, he's going to be of use as long as he stays healthy. And then um, let's get to the fifth round. DJ Moore, I guess we're going on 48 minutes. So um, do you want to just kind of do rapid fire here? Tell me your favorite pick here in the fifth round from 49 to 60. Yeah, favorite pick, fifth round. You know, I, I've i been clicking a lot of Deontay Johnson lately, you know, just because I'm a believer in the Steelers, and I think he's the chain mover there. And uh, if he just improves his efficiency a little bit after the catch, he's going to have a monster year. So that's my favorite pick there. We should touch on J.K. just because the uh, running backs are a mystery this year. And we added to that with J.K. mysteriously getting thrown on the pup. They signed Melvin Gordon. So it's just like there's just so much uncertainty surrounding the running backs this year, you know. Uh, hopefully you're not drafting your redraft team yet. I think for now you got to wait and pause on J.K. Dobbins and best ball drafts. Let him fall right now. He's going to be a, a, a mid sixth at some point here. Uh, but the running backs in this range, Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm clicking. These are clicks for me. I, I like both those guys. Herbert's my favorite pick, especially in a one QB league. I want Herbert uh, on my teams. Uh, you, you, Deontay's the dude. He was the number one ranked receiver last year uh, in ESPN's analytics. He was. A 99, a perfect 99 in open score. So he's open all the time. Yeah, he doesn't offer a lot after the catch, but he gets catches. Um, anything on Justin Fields? Yeah, I mean, the ceiling is the ceiling's there. I mean, he could blow the world away. You know, DJ Moore, he's got a true weapon now. Obviously, he's going to run for probably 1,000 yards again. Um, we can talk, touch on the DK props, but, you know, we like some of them. So, um, And then let's just – Let's just rapid fire again here. This is round six with Tyler Lockett all the way down to Kadarius Tony. This is kind of an ugly group. If you had to pick two players off this list, who do you want? Yeah, along your thoughts of the redraft, uh, Trevor Lawrence is a guy that I want to click. He got another weapon. Should improve on your year two numbers, which is amazing. And then uh, Michael Pittman, I think, is kind of your forgotten about wide receiver one. Um, Wide receiver 34, and he was a top 20 wide receiver last year with Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, and Dusty Nick Foles. Even if Anthony Richardson's under 60% passing uh, for his completion percentage, Pittman's going to be fine. He's going to—he's a wide receiver three on your fantasy team this year. So I like Pittman. Uh, I'm interested in Cam Akers. Lockett, sure. <laughs> Cam Akers is definitely an RB0 target for me. And then Jackson Smith, the Jigba. Do you take him here at wide receiver 36? He's one of those guys where I think you got the plan for him to be on your bench to start the year, but he will work his way in. And then uh, any love for Kyle Pitts? Are we back on the Pitts? I just, I'm, I'm not clicking those mid-round tight ends very often. That's... Uh, this is the seventh round, starting with Damian Pierce at 73, all the way to David Montgomery at 84. I like this group. This is a fun round for me. Who do you like? Yeah, um, I think there's one guy for me in this round that I'll take every time if he's there, and it's Rashad White. 
oh. in years running back. I know I probably didn't see that coming, but I just think he he's that. I mean, I love starting four receivers and then coming back in the sixth, seventh, and taking a couple of acres. Rashad White, uh, David Montgomery is interesting there too. I think Rashad White's just going to be on the field, and and he's he's talented enough that if you give him enough work, he's going to produce something for you. So what, like 12 to 15 carries per game, maybe four or five targets per game is in his. So he's just a high floor PPR outlet for you. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to spill the beans, man. David Montgomery is my crush for the season. Um, At RB 26, we're talking Jamal freaking Williams over a thousand yards last year. Granted 17 touchdowns. The Lions got stopped so much at the one or two yard line last year. Monty's not getting 17, but he couldn't get 10. He couldn't get 11. Um, But to get, 250 carries and a thousand yards down here at 84 pick. Everyone likes the Lions offense. I think you should too. David Montgomery is my click here at the end of the seventh round. But I mean, Damian Pierce, a fine running back too. He's like, he's just, he's, he's the same as Najee Harris to me. Um, I like Dallas Goddard as a mid round tight end. He actually in, in yards per game last year before his injury, he was number two in tight end. So I think no, tight end two is in his range of outcomes. And to be honest, last year, Goddard, was he was the cog in the machine like Devonta Smith was not Devonta Smith until Dallas Goddard got hurt so things up yeah Goddard is a dude that I like on my teams Pickens is fun Quentin Johnston is fun yeah. uh, but let's let's finish this up here with the final top 100 or so picks starting with Deshaun Watson and this goes all the way down to Alvin Kamara it's a gross group who do you like yeah, this is where things start to get a little unhinged, right? Uh, I'm really coming around to Javante Williams coming back. Um, it might take a little bit. You know, he's that second-half guy. Maybe you get Samaje and Javante. But the talent is – he was so fun to watch as a rookie. And I, I just – I, I got to believe – I choose to believe in the talent and, you know, getting off that injury timeline and coming back healthy, hopefully. Um, the big thing will be – if he's not on the pup list next week to start camp, it's – wheels up like he's going to be better than we thought he would be so i I like that pick dude i'm a sucker for james cook i think he is better than people think i don't think damien harris is a factor a factor in the passing game we're talking this this is your deandre swift for the lions but he's on the bills like last year james uh last year james cook had some opportunities behind devin singletary he actually kind of evened up at the end of last year like he started earning just as many opportunities as devin singletary and you think about it the bills are a passing team cook's going to be on the field maybe 60 percent of the time they're not a team that runs the ball in the red zone anyway so i don't care about red zone touches Mm -hmm. um it'd be nice if he gets some sure but this is a high volume receiving back who is if he gets 150 carries this year, he's going to be a smash because I'm not really baking in him to be much of a rusher. I'm baking him in to be a receiving back. So to me, he's kind of discount DeAndre Swift in the Bills offense. And uh, and then Gibson's another one of those guys for me. But any final thoughts here on this top 100 or should we go peek at the DraftKings stuff I prepared? Yeah, it's a quick touch on Elijah Moore. I think you get a guy yeah. traded to the Browns. Um, you know, some people are oftentimes scared to target a receiver who moved teams. But I think last year's show that that's, you know, last few years actually have shown like these receivers can slot in with a good quarterback. I mean, a huge upgrade for Elijah Moore. Uh, if Deshaun Watson can kind of produce, I think Moore could have a really good year. Uber talented guy. What are the odds Elijah Moore finishes with more receptions than Amari Cooper this year? What would you put the, I guess, what would you put the percentage chances on that being? Oh, let's say it's probably, you know, 30, 40% chance. 
Yep. I was thinking 35, 40%. Uh, maybe, maybe 40, 45. I don't know, man. Amari Cooper has been pretty inconsistent. Yeah. And, I mean, inconsistency. Uh, I mean, maybe more is their chain mover and Cooper is kind of more there. I just chuck it up. For next week, we get the training camp hype videos. I am <laughs> for the ADPs to move off of one freaking catch from a video. Yeah. It's going to be gonna fun. See, you're going to see like mid draft, like a video comes out and all of a sudden, Day Flowers goes in the seventh round or something crazy. Like if we get a report that James Cook is in on the goal line carries. Oh, boy. In practice. Oh, my God, man. It's going to be fun. Uh, but I have prepared some DraftKings projections. You guys can I did put out a video. I covered this the other day, too. Uh, maybe I'll link it down below or something. Uh, but I took all the numbers from DraftKings. These are their passing leaders this year. They got Mahomes at two, uh, Herbert at or Patrick Mahomes one, Herbert two, Joe Burrow, Allen, Kirk Cousins. And this was my takeaway, Jesse. Take one of these top five QBs. Kirk is free, but he's in their top five of passing yards. And then when we get to the touchdowns, he's also in their top five for passing touchdowns. But our guys, Herbert and Burrow, both on that same list. Mm-hmm. So either pay up for Mahomes or Josh Allen, but you can get these two guys at roughly the same yards and touchdowns, which – Feels kind of good. And then there's your Trevor Lawrence. Uh, there's Jared Goff. Any quick thoughts on these passing yard, yardage totals? Yeah, I mean, I, DK is baking Kirk to throw a lot this year. So they're wheels up on the on the past weapons, and they're probably a little bit down on, on Alexander Madison. You know, I mean, Alexander, Alexander Madison, career backup. We just have he's this- an interesting guy. We didn't even talk about him, but he's an interesting guy. Uh, last year, Cousins threw for 4,500 yards and 29 touchdowns, and we're thinking they're going to pass even more. So if you're a betting man, I'm going to take Cousins over. Uh, but I, I just want to show you. So top five in yards is Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, Allen, Cousins. Let's go look at the touchdowns because it's the same list. <laughs> Mahomes, oh Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Cousins. Hmm. Good. You could, I, I'm telling you, Burrow and Herbert, the fact that they're on the same list, top five twice, with Mahomes and Allen, they should be your quarterbacks you want this year. And then if you don't get them, go get Kirk Cousins. Like he's he a rush, but so what? He's 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 Joe Burrow light, man. He's free. Yeah. Um, and again, like right on the fringe here, Lawrence Prescott, yeah. Rogers. Uh, the thing you will not see is the rushing QBs. Like last year, let's see. Um, they have Justin Fields down here at twenty-eight fifty for his yards. Uh, only Desmond Ritter is below him. They have Daniel Jones pretty low. So these rushing QBs are pretty low. They have Hertz at 3,700. Um, they have Watson at 3,650, which if you're a betting man, go hit that, please. That seems like a crime. Over. Um, and then if we go down on the touchdowns here at the bottom of the list, Ritter, Jones, Fields, Pickett, Tannehill, uh, anything stick out on the bottom of this list that you like the over? Yeah, I mean, I think just those those bottom five guys – yeah, I'm thinking two to three of those are hitting 20 touchdowns. Um, I think Fields is close. He had 17 last year. Kenny Pickett feels like he's going to get over one touchdown per game. Uh, I just think they're going to pass more. They're going to open the playbook up for him, and hopefully he can, the game slows down for him a little bit. Very curious to track Kenny Pickett, this, this uh, training camp. My biggest thing with Pickett is their offensive line was pretty bad last year. And one, it, it's it's year two for him in the system. Uh, it's also year two for George Pickens, which is probably a big deal too. And the offensive line is improved. He's going to be able to look downfield for a half a second more, maybe even a full mm-hmm. second. You know, that that's going to, I think it's going to increase his numbers because last year his yards per attempt were bad and his touchdown percentage 
to uh, to attempts was really bad. So touchdowns and yards are going up for Pickett. I like that quite a bit. Uh, let's look at the rushing yardage leaders. Only six running backs over 1,000 yards. I think there was like 15 running backs over 1,000 last year. Wow. Uh, if this Ramondre prop is still out there, I'm taking the under on that. But what do you like here on this list? I mean, wow, that's – obviously there's some – there's some value to be had here. Uh, Najee Harris is probably going to get tapped. Bijan 1100. I mean, he's going to. People are talking about him going for 15, 1600 yards. So like. Algier was a thousand yard back. I think he had like. Yeah, I mean. 50. So this is a smash. Yeah, I mean, I think I like. I mean, I'm looking at this this tier just under a thousand, and I really, I like all of them. Etn, Sanders, Najee Walker, Pierce. Don't CMC. Like. <laughs> yeah. This is, what the hell? It's a crazy um, list. Justin Fields, 825. What was he last year? 1,100? He had almost 1,200 yards last year. Um, So that's – maybe they're baking in some injury risk here. Uh, And then, dude, last year, Damian Pierce ran for 939 yards in 13 games. They're giving him 900, whatever. Uh, Yeah, if you like season long, I mean, season long is tough for me just because, like, it's like you got to wait, you know, it's a waiting game. And, like, you know, I like my, like, just single game props, you know. We do our prop show. Make sure we yeah. bring that back for this season. I'm not a big better on these, but technically, like we hold up our money all season long in best balls anyway. So we're right, yeah. betting on these guys to hit these just indirectly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Fields the highest QB here. Other QBs to mention: uh, Lamar at 725, Jalen Hurts at 700, Daniel Jones, Josh Allen at uh, about 555, 75. DeAndre Swift was the last running back I logged here at 500 yards rushing. I just I can't click on them, man. I can't do it. Just can't click on them. There's no receiving work in Philly. And if he's going to run for 500 yards, that's only 50 points sprinkled throughout the the 17. Like I just I don't see it, man. How many uh, How many yards did Jamal Williams have last year with the Detroit Lions? Rushing yards? It was just over a thousand. Because they got David Montgomery for 750. Montgomery's a smash. Like it's 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 not even a thing for me because again, look, it was 15 running backs over a thousand. Jamal was 1,066. I mean, um, David is David Montgomery skill upgrade to Jamal Williams. Yes or no? hundred percent. Not even, it's not even close. And, and he's a better receiving back too. Um, and the fact that Montgomery last year in the last few years, Montgomery has been a top 10 running back before on a shit offensive line in Chicago. And now this, he's going to one of the best. I've seen Detroit yeah. ranked as like a top five offensive line. And this was the same. Like they were a top 10 offensive line last year, too. So if mm-hmm. you and maybe maybe Jamal doesn't get or maybe David doesn't get 262. Maybe he gets 240. Maybe he gets 230. He's still going to get there. Yeah, he's still going to get there. Absolutely. So yeah, that's that's low. Cam Akers is pretty low, too. Um, mm-hmm. There's your Rashad White. And then look at they got Rashad Penny over DeAndre Swift. So this is just confirming my hatred for DeAndre Swift. Dude, I don't think he's they sold him for a fourth round pick. Yeah. That's what they think of him. Um look at the rushing TD leaders. Note that nobody's over 10. Henry and Jalen Hurts are at the top. Nick Chubb, JT, which we mentioned JT probably going over. Uh Bijan, Tony Pollard, Eckler. Some interesting thoughts here. Um, yeah, I mean, nobody over ten. I mean, that's just yeah. like it just tells you like DK. They're just they're down on down on running backs, probably up on receivers. Like you had eight running backs go over ten last year. Yeah, um, 
and that's not even including Jalen Hurts is like eleven or twelve. I mean, Derrick Henry's getting ten rushing touchdowns. Kenny Kenny Walker, dude, that's seven and a half. That's a nice number. That feels nice. Uh, CMC seven and a half feels nice. Um, interesting. I mean. Yeah, there's definitely going to be, I mean, Josh Allen, that's an interesting number. Damian Pierce, six touchdowns. We're asking for six Damian Pierce touchdowns. Very doable. Uh, and then there's DeAndre Swift at four and a half. Uh, they, look at James Cook popped up on the list. Not for rushing yards, but for rushing touchdowns. So something's cooking there. I just, I'm, I'm, I feel like James Cook is the guy. And then uh, I like the receiving yards. I think these are a little bit more fun to look at. They have... Let me see. They have 13 receivers over 1,000 yards. Tell me, like, all these guys are clicks. You want you want all these guys here. Is there any receiver that you don't want from this list? Nah, man. You want, you want them all. If you can get two. Catch them all. Take two. Yes. If you can get two, this yes. is the way for this fantasy football season. Um, like, Click them all, man. Look, 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 they got a monitor on or a 1,000. Yeah. That's, that's that. a smash. Um, I think Devonta, DK are both good bets. After that, that's where the questions kind of come in. Um, Evans at nine twenty-five. That might be an under for me. That's, that's an under I mean. for me. I think this is Evans's first season under a thousand yards. Yeah. Um, where's Godwin on this list? I was thinking the same thing. He, I mean, he's if he's on there, he's he's down. So they have Calvin at 900 and Kirk at 825. I think that's an easy smash for me on Christian Kirk. Dude had 1100 last year. Yeah. And to be honest, like, yeah, Ridley's going to be on the field, but they're not changing their formations. Like Marvin Jones was on the field a lot last year too. Sure, some targets are going to go from Kirk to Ridley, but not 300 yards less. Um, London, 825. He had 800 yards last year. So uh, that's a Deontay eight twenty five. I mean, that's Deontay's easy. There's uh, got him at seven seventy five. Do you like Watson or DJ Moore to hit eight eight hundred or both? I think DJ Moore for sure could clip eight hundred. I mean, his career has been pretty solid. Christian Watson can do it too. I mean, where was he at last year in like a what thirteen game, not a ten game sample size? He's probably probably in the six hundreds. Lazard at 77 788 for Lazard. Watson at 611 and and maybe he didn't really truly play in a full 14 games. No. I'm going we'll, I'll go over on, on Watson. Um the thing with DJ Moore is his recep- reception total might be low, but when defenses have to worry about Justin Fields running, that's going to suck safeties up and you're going to go whoop right over the top. DJ yeah. Moore could probably have a career year in yards per catch. Um, so I'm cool with that one. Receptions, I'm still unsure of, but I think 800 yards is pretty easy to click. There's uh, your Godwin 775, which we'll, we'll look at his reception total. I feel more comfortable with that bet. Um, and then look, look at the difference here. Waller, Pitts at 700, and Goddard's right there at 675. So they view those guys all kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Kittle's not that much more ahead of these guys, and Goddard's being drafted after all these guys. Actually, Waller is so Waller. Interesting. Is high. Yeah, they got Waller high. I think that. I mean, it's an interesting Waller number. 
he stays healthy, man, I mean, he could just get absolutely smashed. Kadarius Tony at 630 yards, and yet he's being drafted in the sixth round of fantasy drafts. Uh, Quinn Johnson, that's a pretty low rookie number. Um, Tyler Higby and Dawson Knox making their lists. So is Robert Woods and Joku. Tim Patrick, what the heck is he doing? <laughs> he's, he's going over five. What's he doing? <laughs> he got Sutton at 650, which is pretty low. That's pretty low. I mean, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these are pretty. And I don't know if they're artificially juiced low, but I think they're going to add more as we get healthier into the the camps here. But it's a fun mm -hmm. list. Receiving touchdowns. Look at who's number one. They got a guy with ten and a half seal. I think he's the fellowship seal of approval. If you have the, you could take him with the first pick. I don't care. Um, I can't fault you. Chase is the guy. Cooper Cup. We talked about our love for him. There's JJ. There's Kelsey. Devonte. Garrett Wilson. Top six. Um, CD Lamb. Waddle. The Eagles receivers are kind of low. AJB at seven and a half. Devonte at six and a half. I'm taking the over on DK though. Uh, seven and a half feels too low. That's eight. Yeah, that is very low. He only caught six last year, but he's Mark Andrews six and a half. Yeah. Smash. Um, Lockett at six and a half too. Both Eagles or both Seahawks are a little low. Look at this one. Wow. Yeah. That's it. Those five and a half, five and a half numbers look yeah. like overs for me. Olave, St. Brown, Keenan, maybe even Judy, probably yeah, Kirk. Kirk. Yeah, Mike Williams. I mean, that's the sweet spot right that's there. An, yeah, for sure it is. They got Tony at five and a half. Probably not. Hawkinson only at five and a half too. Hmm. So, London only at four and a half. I think yeah. he caught five last year. Terry Pittman, London. Watson awesome. and DJ Moore are four and a half. Four and a half. I mean, DJ Moore might not be a touchdown guy, but I mean, Watson, what seven? I haven't seen Brandon Ayuk on any of these lists, which yeah. is surprising. Maybe he's just not. That's interesting that they won't have his numbers in yet. Yeah. They got Debo. I saw Debo four yeah. and a half. Four and a half. Uh, Tyler Higby's making his way on the list. Tyler Higby's a steal, dude. There's a lot of uh, a lot, a lot of, of touchdown props here. Three yeah, and a half to Alice Goddard. What do you think about that? Van, that's a that's a hit. Goddard, he's going to probably get five or six. Uh, but they put Van Jefferson on the list. Interesting. MBS on the list. Evan Ingram at three and a half, kind of low. Yeah, that seems kind of nice. Him and Goddard, I mean, I should, yeah. those, are, those are taps for sure for me. And then um, the final category is receptions. Three guys over 100 receptions. Uh, go ahead. Nah, I mean, Tyree Killa over, what was he at last year? I mean, I assume he was over 100. 11 maybe? Yeah. 119, holy shit. Um, Jamar Chase is probably going over 100 for me. Did you know last year Jamar Chase was the leader in targets per game? Really? He was number one over Cooper Cup. So he, he just missed a few, huh? He just missed three or four games. Mm -hmm. But, uh, dude, we're going to see. This might be the best Jamar Chase season uh, of his career. I'm all in on that. Uh, but any final thoughts on this? I want to show you at the bottom of the list here because that's where it gets a little interesting. Uh, again, Watson and DJ Moore both at 62 and a half. Unsure what to do with that. Um, they have George Pickens at 55 and a half. I'm, I'm buying that. That seems low. Uh, that seems very low. Let's see. Mike Williams is kind of low, too, at 57 and a half. I mean, he's a guy that should catch four passes per game. Yeah, um, easily. 
And a Washington DJ. The fact that they have Evan Ingram catching 63 and a half and only 3.5 touchdowns, that seems like a discrepancy. You should probably take the touchdowns on. Uh, Goddard only at 54 and a half. Like Kyle Pitts, 52 and a half. I mean, these boys, what are we doing here? These tight ends are, are pretty good. That's about three even, catches a game, pretty much. Yeah, even the three, four is pretty low. They had Joe and Joker have 550 yards. I, that's yeah, a number so that's, that's, that's very low. Yeah. Pat, Tim Patrick makes his way in here. He's going to be a guy this year. But, uh, but yeah, man, that's the list. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? This was fun. Yeah, man, I think we're right in our, like, this is it, the lull right here, right before training camp starts, and it's just going to be a moon rocket ship. Oh, it's going to be awesome. We're under 50 days. It'll be like 45 days or so till yeah, something like that. But, dude, we get preseason games in like two weeks, so like it technically yeah. feels like it's already here. Um, right. But t- tomorrow I got to – I'm going to – I put out individual videos on my QB, running back, wide receiver, and tight end ranking, so that's what I'm trying to crank out tomorrow. I just want to get – a July update on stuff before the training camp and I'll make another update on August. So I got those coming. Uh, I'm trying to think, I don't know. We'll hopefully get you back here on another show. Maybe we'll get some training camp news and some things in a week or two, but uh, yeah, man, sure. fun. any final thoughts real quick. If you had to tell the people one player you have to draft this year, who is it? Get Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones. on your team. Wow. Aaron Jones. So you're, you're Packers then, huh? I just think Aaron Jones is set up so well in that offense, man. So the difference between Love and Rogers is Love will execute the play that's called. Yeah, Rogers will go rogue. Not gonna audible into trying to throw a hail mary to uh, be the hero. Uh, If you go, if if you're bored, go watch Jordan Love tape at Utah. Uh, The dude hits his first or second read really well. Um, And if Lafleur is the play caller, we think he can be. It's gonna be a pretty good season for the Packers, but. Uh, who's, uh, who's your one guy? Who's your one guy? One guy, dude. I think it's, uh, I think it's David Montgomery. I think it's David Montgomery. If this was, if I was John Heffernan, I would say Trey McBride. But we're gonna go David. Oh. Montgomery. <laughs> um, we're gonna go David Montgomery here. Um, and yeah, if you're drafting best balls, go draft Trey McBride if you can while you still can. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. We'll see you in a future video. Peace. Thank mm-hmm. you.